In this episode of Tea with Steve, I'm going to introduce you to a lady who crams 100 hours into a 40-hour week, who's gone from law to corporate to running her own business and still has time to be a professional dancer. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Tea with Steve podcast with me, your host, Stephen Thompson. This is the show dedicated to helping you find your heart brand, your purposeful and profitable personal brand. I believe that everyone has a heart brand. It's their authentic self to drive growth in themselves and those around them, which has a positive impact in our world. We are in a who era. The who is being unapologetically you, and that is your heart brand. So join me in impacting 1 billion lives. Now let's get into the show. Welcome everyone to the latest episode of tea with steve this week as my guest i have the lovely robin lee um from my home city of manchester now i'm not going to do too much of an introduction because i'm going to ask robin to do it because i know that robin's uh, had a bit of a pivot in what she's been doing so i don't really want to cock it up so robin <laughs> it's over to you hello how are, how are you i'm good i'm good so we mentioned uh, over our conversations on instagram that you're 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 i'll say diversifying it sounds a bit mm. clever but what, so what's yeah. going on? And then tell people about you and introduce yourself properly. Okay, I will. So hello, everyone. I am Robin Lee. Very excited to be here on the other side of a podcast. It's very <laughs> nice to be doing a podcast and not have to do any prep. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, basically, I host the Positively Selfish podcast, and that's one of the things that I do. And um, just to kind of give you a 60-second, or I'll probably go over, overview of me so I studied law that was originally what I wanted to do with my life I was going to be a barrister in my head that's what I wanted to do quickly realized that I didn't want to do that um so I ended up being an area manager for Aldi which is very different to being a lawyer and that was yeah that was great absolutely loved it it was amazing taught me so much I feel like it was you know 10 years worth of business experience condensed into four because I was there for four years and um I also used to be a I'd say like semi-professional Latin American and ballroom dancer so I did kind of shows and competed all around the world um and that was amazing also like obviously fantastic experiences um and then I stopped dancing that's when I started working for Aldi and then I actually gained a shitload of weight oh am I allowed to swear you swear all you like Okay. So yeah, gained loads of weight, was was really unhappy because I was just like, what have I become? And I, yeah, was quite down and just working all the time. I used to work like 80, 90 hours a week with Aldi, which was, again, amazing job, but it was intense. So anyway, fast forward a few years, trained to be a nutritionist because I realized I needed to get a hold of my nutrition. Um, so why not just qualify myself? So at least I don't have to pay anyone else to do it. And then, <laughs> and then I, I loved it. Absolutely. Just fell in love with health, fitness and started training again. Um, started doing exercise, learning about my nutrition. I thought other people need this as well. I want to make sure that other people who are in my position don't have to feel like, you know, you're in a corporate job, you're trapped and you, you're never going to be able to lose weight. So I essentially started my business, Freedom Nutrition, started yeah. coaching people on a one-to-one basis with their health, then on a wider scale doing corporate wellness. And again, loved that because I really believe that people in the corporate world can have it all in terms of fitness, family and their career um and then missed business a bit so started doing business consultancy uh, for different businesses so literally different things from um other people in the health and fitness industry to property to cryptocurrency mining to yoga like basically any business that that I gelled with and it worked I was consulting for and that led to being offered the role of commercial director in a property development company so now I am basically doing everything of, of what I've just said um, and also have another coach who's doing clients for me. So I don't actually personally coach the clients um, and then have my podcast and then have an online business as well. So, yes, there's my diversification in what I said was 60 seconds and was more like five minutes. Wow is the first word and then the second word i'm gonna say what's the secret to finding an extra 100 hours a week to fit all that in well yes because also (laughs) i'll tell you as well that i have 
gone back to dancing in the last couple of months so I'm now going back to competing nationally and obviously train as well so yeah it's like I just think you know what when I worked at Aldi all those hours I used to think I couldn't possibly do anything else as well and now that I have just expanded my mindset I realized how much you actually can do and it genuinely is also about being positively selfish with your time because if you're so focused on all the things that you should in inverted commas do then that doesn't really leave much time for things that you want to do so you have to be a bit more selfish with your time but also super productive and organized that is where we need to start it really is because shall i tell you how you you came on my radar yes go on so it was via recommendation Oh, I love that. Uh, so I was, um, I, I, I live and breathe on, on, on social media. That's, that's my life. I own a social media agency and, yeah. um, and Instagram has been the bane of my life for, for God knows how long all these changes in showing likes, not likes in algorithms, mm. just, uh, I just, I, I, unfortunately, I think that Facebook are ruining Instagram for the user. I know they're thinking they're doing a great thing, but it's just, it's a the bane of my life. So I've been spending quite a lot of time on it. And um, I've been stalking a guy who we both know, and and he said you really should check out this podcast. And I was like, okay, I will. So it was um, it was Jack. So I said, right, okay, I'm gonna have a look. Um, And I I had a look. Then I saw that he did an episode with you, um, and I was just like, and and last night literally, I was going to collect some dinner for for my family, and I was listening to your episode 75. I can't remember the gentleman's name now, but um, the Irish man. And and Patrick Patrick Hamilton Walsh. I, so I've got literally I've got an hour's drive like after this podcast and I'm listening to the rest of it then and then I so going back a bit look for your social and that we had some communication before Christmas and I was like yeah I'd really like to have a conversation with you but simply because of I, I think the topics that you cover and the reason behind your podcast and it'd be mm. interesting to see and it really is interesting to see you know what's brought you to here and now how that can help my listeners, because you've gone through so many different sort of, I suppose, um, occupations. Um, and then mm. you're now going back to something that you love. Um, this podcast is all about building a personal brand. And a lot of yeah. people that I speak to, they struggle with going from they think that they do this one thing. OK, I'm now an entrepreneur and I own this business. I'm going to be that for the rest of my life. And, yeah. the, and they're worried about changing and diversifying. So mm. how have you done it? is my first well I'll tell you that when I first decided to start my business um I was really bothered about well not I was really concerned about what Aldi were gonna think and say because I knew that I was gonna leave but I also was very you know obsessed with my contract and not getting dismissed because I was starting a new business and so I kept everything under the radar and I literally handed in my notice did my three months notice and on day three months and one day I started my business so yeah that was a really really fast transition and I actually started saying every single day um I am the CEO of Freedom Nutrition and I coach women to blah 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 and I said it out loud every day and at first I just coached women because that was my thing um but I had to say it because you know when you introduce yourself and you say oh hi I'm Robin I'm an area manager at Aldi and that's what just rolls off the tongue yep. so I had like this mini identity crisis of I don't even I can't even say something that isn't that so that's what I would say and I know it's a really small thing but get used to saying something else and if you start saying something else, then your mind will start believing something else. And if you want to start expanding what you do, then start believing that you can by telling yourself that you can. So really, really minor. And it doesn't take any effort. It doesn't cost you anything. Just start saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, to- I totally get it. Totally get it. I'm, I use, you know, people look at me, you know, I'm a 43, well, soon to be 43 year old, big bearded bloke. And when I say I'm into you know i'm a quite a spiritual man and when i talk about affirmations and manifestings mm-hmm. and stuff like that they're like you what mm. they, expect, <laughs> you they, expect, they expect me to just you know smash cans of beer together um and ride a motorbike <laughs> and yeah. it's like no i have feelings <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Quite sensitive. laughs> yeah. Um, so no I, I completely get it um you, you know mm. I, I say to a lot of people you know you are who you say you are and the first person who's going to hear that is you yeah so when we start talking you know or we you know we start being negative or we're just saying oh you know you're, 
the word I can't it doesn't exist in my house mm. um and we hear that and people hear that them, and they don't realize that actually they hear what they say every single day yeah 100 percent. and and yeah that was definitely a really good starting point for me because then when I did start going to networking events and meeting new people and just expanding my repertoire of people things mindsets you know information that I was digesting Instagram that I was consuming just everything I at least knew who I was at the start of it so I guess for people who are listening you know whether you own your own business or whether you have a job or whether you want to do a side hustle or whatever just just make sure that you that your subconscious understands what your conscious wants to do and that it knows like yeah it's cool we can do this like we're we're on it um so so that would definitely be point number one and then the next thing is the people that you surround yourself with and you know like who are you who are the five people that you're surrounding yourself with and obviously this is something that I discussed with Patrick but it's something that I discuss with people all the time are those the people who are going to expand into the areas that you want to expand into and do they even think that expanding is possible um and make sure that you're all on the same page and if not then you can pivot like you said because if you're the only one that always wants to break away then you don't really necessarily have that support Mm. and that's really really important too and that's what I've seen so much like especially Manchester I just I absolutely love it I love the people and the people that I've met who have supported me and you know guided me in the different directions but also like pulled me along in a good way yeah so you mentioned Manchester and I've got to I've got to go to it I've got to go to it because it's you know I I, I was born in Manchester I moved out of Manchester at a young age and moved over Mm -hmm. to um to Runcorn in Cheshire um and then moved it ended up in the east coast when I was 16 so tell me about your life in Manchester and how that works with business because there'd be a lot of people who are listening to this that actually probably never experienced Manchester and for me I don't care what anyone says it's the capital of the UK (laughs) Mm. (laughs) well geography might um, not agree with that point but (laughs) (laughs) screw geography no I absolutely do love Manchester so yeah, I mean, I live in the city centre. Yeah, I live on Deansgate, basically, in the yep, Great Northern Tower. Well. Anyone who wants to come and visit me, just <laughs> broadcast my address on uh, on the air. <laughs> but anyway, there's there's loads of apartments. You won't actually find me. But yeah, I live very very central, and I can literally walk anywhere. So you know that's incredible. And for me and my lifestyle, I just love that. You know, get steps in, <laughs> it's all good. But what I will say as well is that. I started when I, when I first started out my business I went into WeWork and I had a like a floating desk in WeWork and that is like a co-working space and that was incredible because you know the networking I did there was in just even a few weeks at the start I got clients from that I got business contacts from that I got corporate um contacts from that I got connected with Social Chain who was a, a big marketing agency yeah. in from Manchester and I then worked on an 18 month project with them for young apprentices I then got Stephen Bartlett on my podcast Excellent. from that like it's all that was like literally from one contact that I made at WeWork so you know just see what there is around you and you know whether it's Manchester or London or even if you live in a in a smaller place there's always going to be a hub of people who are like-minded and who all really want to support you like I said before so yeah like we work was amazing and then I kind of jumped from co-working space to co-working space because I'm the kind of person that I need a bit of busy vibes going on around yeah. me you know I want I don't want to work in a silent room I'll go mad um, I, I want to be around a bit of a buzz, but then be able to focus as well. So, you know, some people are completely opposite and that's cool too. Just make sure you know what your vibe is. Mm. And what I always say to people as well, especially when I'm doing corporate events is you all know what annoys you like straight away. If you're in work or, you know, maybe you do work in a co-working space now, you know, within a second, if something is pissing you off, whether it's a noise or a smell or something, do you know though, the flip side what what is your 
perfect working environment? Do you know what your relaxation mode is? Do you know what your like sweet spot is? So if you don't, then figure that out because, you know, we all know the negative, but then what about the positive? So I know mine is, you know, a, a, a buzzy workspace. Um, and then, yeah, so put myself in, in those kind of environments. And even now, um, doing this commercial director role, we're based in a co-working space and okay. it's in Manchester and it's within walking distance and all of that. Like I wouldn't do anything now that doesn't kind of fit those values for me because it's like, that's a no brainer. I have to do that. That, ha- that has to be how I work. I love that. I love that. There's so many people who, like you said earlier, they get dragged along. You you use the pulling along in a positive way, but they get dragged along into the into, you know, if you're gonna work with someone else, you need to need to accommodate them all of the time. Yeah. You know, I work very well in my own little office, in my little space. We've mm. been you know, we've had co working space as an agency before. We've um we we've actually our address isn't where I am right now because I mm. prefer to work from home. You know? Mm. Uh we've yeah. been, but, converted the garage into my office and that's where I it's, it's like my it's like literally the bat cave yeah. I've got I've got all of the cool things around me that I like I've got a drum kit in the corner I've got my bass guitar I've got my my podcast set up I've got my vlogging set up and it's all strategically done so that I've got my creature comforts around me mm. but but then there is time when I know that if I stay if I just carry on in this way I, I literally become a hermit but yeah. I, on the on the flip side I love people so mm. I have I have to force myself to get out of my I suppose my own space really, yeah. Um, because entrepreneurship can be a really lonely journey. I don't mm. know how you how how have you found it? So you, I I get that you 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 know you, you go into co-working spaces and you keep things quite quite buzzy and stuff. But how have you found this with regards to your podcast? Because that's where I really want to hone in on on your podcast as well. Mm. So my podcast is interesting because in my vision or dream or whatever you want to call it when I was still working um, at Aldi I remember thinking um, that you know in 18 months I want to do a podcast and then in two years I want to do a retreat and basically someone that was coaching me at the time it was a business coach he was like you're going to start your podcast next week I was like okay so I just started he was like you've used the phrase positively selfish a few times why don't you just call it that I was like, fine. So the name is Positively Selfish. I'm ordering a microphone off Amazon now and I'm starting it next week. Cool, done. And I just needed that push. And basically the reason why I started it was because of credibility. You know, I wanted a bit of an extra thing that I could say I've got on other health coaches because there's a lot of health coaches, right? You know, I would never say the market is saturated because statistically it's not, but there are a lot and you have to do something to kind of stand out from the crowd and make a bit more noise. So that was what I was going to do. And also, don't get me wrong, there are a lot of health coaches with podcasts too, but obviously there are more that don't have a podcast, right? So yeah, started the podcast and then I just wanted to get inspiring people on the podcast. And oh my God, have I got inspiring people on my podcast. Like I am so grateful for the guests that I've had they are all incredible like incredible people and that has enabled me to be able to have a chat with them for an hour you know you don't get that you can't just go to Stephen Bartlett or Jack Dyson nope. and say hey can I have you for an hour no like I don't have time <laughs> yeah. but when you when you want it for a podcast it's like, yeah, cool. I can do that. I want to be on a podcast. And and also just as a side note, it's not that they, you know, have egos and they wouldn't do it if it wasn't a podcast. But do you know what I'm saying? That it's just, it, it's a really, really great platform. It's a great piece of leverage. And in all honesty, um, that's exactly why I did it uh, to get, so I could, you know, selfishly, so I could soak up their information like I'm doing with mm. you now. I'm understanding, you know, the mechanics of what you've done, um, how you've done it, why you've done it. But actually, I've got a, a community, quite a reasonably large community out there um, that I'm giving my time to, whether it be in private groups or via YouTube. And I'm like, but I love radio and I love mm. audio. So, and I've always wanted to have my own radio show. Why don't I just make my own? And it's, you know, and that. Yeah, and, and that's what a podcast is. And I, yeah, and I've got no one to answer to. 
I can say what I want. I can fart, swear, and burp, and it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay, there is no farting or burping on positively <laughs> selfish. There is a lot of swearing though. <laughs> All right, I'll do the farting and burping then. Okay, fine. <laughs> so you said about standing out, and your podcast has helped you to do that. How have you built your the brand of Robin? Oh, interesting. Um, so I did. I did at the start make um, like a list of all the words that I wanted my brand to be. And I suppose it was just things that I wanted to be. So I wanted it to be positive. I wanted it to be resilient. I wanted it to be a bit of a badass. I wanted it to be, you know, doesn't really care what anyone else thinks. Um, I want it to be risk taking. These are all the things that I decided that my brand was going to be so I would hope that when people listen to Positively Selfish or meet me or consume any of my content online that they would pull out those things yeah so I think that it's important to you know know yourself and to know your brand Um, and like you say a personal brand is very different to a business brand and that's something that I really had to kind of get my head around at the start because obviously your business brand is not you because if it is then it's not overly scalable and people aren't going to want to work for you necessarily because it's just all about you so you need your business brand but then also your personal brand and I think above all else it just has to be authentic to what you actually are so don't pretend that you're this positive happy person if you're not but then you know it doesn't it doesn't mean that you can't inspire people and it doesn't mean that you can't do everything else but just find the attributes that you actually are Mm. and 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 relate to people on that level because everyone has a relatability factor and I know that some people probably can't stand me on social media and that is fine they don't need to follow me but other people are inspired by me and cool I, I want to inspire them so I guess it's number one write your words down, you know, write your vibe down, know it for yourself. Number two, understand that you're not going to appeal to everyone. And number three, carry on being authentic. And actually, number four, understand that also it can move, like it can evolve. I love that. I love the fact that, you know, so from my perspective, you know, my brand values and my values, because the brand is, is really funny. When we started uh, the agency, Big Daddy, everyone thought I was Big Daddy. And I'm like, no, yeah. it, was just, it was just the way the name came to me. Uh, and I'll share that another time was it, it came to me and that was it. And then I worked it out. And the brand values for Big Daddy are authenticity, impact and growth. And I mm-hmm. think for any brand now, which is scary for businesses, um, needs to be really tightly aligned with the person who's setting it up because they're going to be delivering that message. Um, and then it leads into, well, what's important, the the personal brand or the business brand? And they're both as mm-hmm. important as, as one another. But actually, yeah. when when you're like, you know, like yourself or like me, when we're when we're seeing our clients face to face and we're the one pitching the business, it makes sense to have a strong personal brand, which mm-hmm. is just you, because I don't know about you, but I think if you're trying to be somebody else, one, you can't you can't maintain that. And it's hard work. It's easier yeah. being yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And also just straight is draining. Yeah, because, you know, you see these kind of influencers and I don't know if you've seen, but I've seen a couple of things go around on stories at the moment with like undercover cameras on influencers <laughs> who are having meetings and they're they're saying that they like never use anything that they're sponsoring and they never use anything that they're actually affiliated oh. with and like oh god do you think I would actually use that no way but then they're on their stories like I love this it's amazing it's the best product and I just think that must be so emotionally draining that they don't even realize how draining it is but that's that's just mad like why don't you just align yourself to something that you do feel passionate about and then it's all real yeah yeah, you don't have to think about it. There's actually there's very minimal effort that has to go into something like yeah, that when you're being it's real. Yeah, when you're being real and authentic. Mm. So from your podcast, what else has helped you build your personal brand? Um well, I would say the idea of being positively selfish. Okay. And I'm forever grateful for this guy who said to me, oh, you've said that a few times. Why don't you just use that? And I was like, yeah, fine. And it was just such a flippant decision. But I love it. And so many people say to me, you know, I'm being positively selfish today. And and I just, 
absolutely love when people say that to me because it is such an important concept and so I think that literally the title of the podcast itself has really helped um and then also I guess the guests that I've had because I would not have a guest on my podcast who I wasn't inspired by personally because firstly I wouldn't be that asked to ask them many questions and I probably would disagree with a lot of the stuff that they said like I have actually had probably a handful of guests who I have been really inspired by from their content, interviewed them, and it's never going live because I've just not been on their wavelength and we've not had a good vibe. So it's the the guests that I've had, what I'm saying is the guests that I have had and obviously who have all gone live are so in line with my brand and the way that I want to project my image that they almost like boost that up because we're on the same page. And something else that I would say as well is just on the note of personal brand is that I believe that anyone has a personal brand, you know, whether you have your own business, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're an employee and you always want to be either way, you still have a personal brand because it's almost like your modern day CV that that's how I would say. So I don't want people to listen and think like this isn't relevant or, you know, I'm not there yet because you are there from when you are a person, you have a personal brand. 100%. 100%. And it's almost, you know, it's really funny because it's, I know that I am on a, a very similar vibe to you simply because you, it's, and I say this to, I've said this now the last three or four podcasts. So I'm thinking I'm comfortable. I'm getting this right. I'm sure you're reading my show notes because we've run a project um, and, and it's supposed to another, it's a partnership called Big Ed. And we yeah. teach young people how to build their personal brands because it is their modern day CV. That's mm. the line we use that's part of the um you know the pitch for want of a better phrase when we we work in schools and colleges we're teaching young people how to build their personal brand online because actually they're going to be stalked within an inch of their life on Mm -hmm. social by their future employer exactly like who's going to instagram you who's going to google you and what are they going to find that's your personal brand there you go yeah Yeah. so what are your sort of what are your you know you've you've mentioned about how you've done it but somebody who's never even got the concept of what a personal brand is what is your advice starting out from fresh what would you do tomorrow if you're starting out from fresh um well i really i would do the same thing in terms of the writing the list out of what i want to be and then i think not only what you are now so you don't have to say necessarily just what you are now, but what do you want to be? What do you aspire to be? And that can be the start of your personal brand. And then not only will you then start becoming that, you know, let's say you want to be like happy, positive, entrepreneurial and positively selfish. You would say to yourself every morning, I am happy. I'm entrepreneurial. I'm positively selfish. And I am whatever else I said, I can't remember. Um, and then you will not only start becoming that, you'll start attracting that as well. So that's also a nice little added extra to building your personal brand. You're then, you know, that's who you're going to attract into your life also. Um, and then what is your personal brand for? That would be the next question that I would ask myself. Yeah. So am I doing it because I want to get a new job? Am I doing it because I want to start a business? Am I doing it because I want to start a podcast? Am I doing it because I want to start a, ha- a side hustle? And that's then how you would decide how you're going to get it out there. And I think that that also does depend because, you know, people might see a personal brand as someone's social media, but which social media? Because that's the other thing these days. You know, are you on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, TikTok, whatever the hell that is? I don't know. <laughs> so Snapchat, do you know what I mean? Like, yep. who are you? who is your personal brand directed at who do you want to see it and obviously everyone sees it because it is just you but you can also kind of direct it in a certain place so it's almost like the who what why where when questions and then I feel like if you answer those you will end up in a good solid place so where does your personal brand live mainly for you where can where would people find you if I said if this this podcast right I want to find this woman obviously we'd t- we'd look you'd type in your social handle somewhere but where do you live where do you spend most of your time? Mm, I was going to say Barry's boot camp. 
<laughs> no, I I split my time between. I mean, I do a lot of physical activity. Yep. So, you know, aside from my work and career, it's I'm training or I'm dancing or I'm walking or you know. And it's funny because you know when you just asked me that question, I feel like it threw me off a bit because when you said you know where can we find you, like my answer genuinely would be in person like I want to meet people I want to connect with people I want to vibe with people and actually have a conversation with people so yeah it's all very nice to follow people on Instagram but you only get like 20% of who they are and their personality if you do that whereas if you actually you know go to an event where someone's talking or where someone's actually physically there I feel like that is that is my sweet spot anyway I'm really pleased and really grateful that you've given that that answer because loads of people say, well, I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. I spend a lot of my time here on Facebook or, you're, mm. you know, I, I'm, I'm only on Twitter. I'm like, really? OK, you're a human being. Yeah. So and mm. the, the fact that you've just come up with that, well, not come up with that, you've just come out with that is 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 really refreshing. So thank you very much. So no problems. Let's just dive into the fitness side of things because, you know, it's it's January and everyone's wanting to get fit for about seven or eight days and yeah. then, they'll fall, then they'll fall off the wagon. Um, <laughs> you know, I started getting fit again because I was very, you know, I started doing it back in August, um, but I fell off the wagon. I hurt my back. Um, I used to be a bodybuilder many years ago. What you know, how how are you doing it? And what is your advice to people? Because, again, you know, if we haven't got our fitness, we can't run our own businesses. We'll be too tired. We'll be suffering from illness like we all are at the moment with colds and stuff. So what's your advice to people in your entrepreneurial space with regards to health and fitness? So what I would say is that you have to put boundaries around your own time. And that is something that I massively struggled with at the start because I am someone who, you know, I could do a 20 I could do a 24 hour day. I genuinely could work for 24 <laughs> hours. Um, and, you know, in Aldi, I'll tell you a story. I basically messed up on something once. I missed a deadline and I was so, so stressed and nervous to tell my boss that I didn't sleep all night. Um, I literally got home from work at about 11 o'clock, had some dinner, went to bed. I was lying there for an hour. I was like, I'm clearly not going to go to bed. I'm too stressed. I just get up and carry on working. So I worked for probably, you know, 35 hours or something. And I can do that, but it's so bad. It's so unhealthy. Like you're not productive. Like do me a favor if you think you're being productive for more than anything other than over like 12 hours. So tip number one is put boundaries around your working time and that's where as well, you know, working in a co-working space or working from home, you don't have like, oh, everyone's going home now. You know, you're just you and you're just hustling. Yep. But understand as well that when you do put boundaries around your time, you're so much more productive because we obviously fill the time that we have. So if we have less, we'll fill it and we'll still get the job done. So, yeah, definitely boundaries. And Another mistake that I made when I started my business was I basically stopped training, which is something that I absolutely love doing okay. because I was like, I don't have time. I don't have time to train. I need to do this. I need to do that. So I didn't put boundaries around my time, which meant that I didn't have time for training in inverted commas. You always have time for things. I didn't prioritize training. Yeah. And that again, you know, your then your endorphins by <laughs> the ones that you've loved <laughs> and you've, you've been getting used to and that have been like, giving you that happy kick are gone so that's shit and so then you're you know you're not being productive you're not organized you're not getting your endorphins hit like this is going down and down and then you're probably suffering with sleep as well and you know I'll just caveat that with the fact that I'm still not great with sleep like I will still just you know be I'll fall um I'll fall victim to giving myself very little sleep which is still something that I need to work on but um, in terms of, of health, I would say just really understand how important it is. And if you need to read a book or listen to podcasts or do a bit more learning about how beneficial it is to actually keep your health in check, then that will almost like force you to to do that. So, for example, I would say go and listen to one of my podcasts that I've done with either Tom Bainbridge or Ben Coomber, because... Yeah they are 
geniuses when it comes to the world of nutrition and health and fitness and they will force you to remember things that will make you think oh really should be doing this or I really shouldn't be doing that um and I did that actually with sleep so I read a book called why we sleep by Matthew Walker because I really wanted to know more about sleep so it would like scare me into not getting such little sleep (laughs) um and also another thing that I'll tell you is hydration so it's a very very simple one but if you are dehydrated which is even one percent fluid loss in your body you can be up to about 12 percent less productive and if you are three to four percent dehydrated which again is not a lot you can be anywhere between 25 and 50 percent less productive in your day so that is wild and it is incredible and it is literally go to the tap fill up your water and drink it it doesn't cost anything it's not going to cost you any time yes fine you might go to the toilet a few more times in a day right get over it like 50 percent more time just think of that and let that stay with you so that's obviously a massive one when it comes to health um so yeah exercise i'll say keep it in endorphins sleep obviously hydration and then finally food so if you want to lose weight, obviously I'm not going to go into like the ins and outs of how to do that, but you also need to focus on your food quality just for your cognition and your memory and your feeling good and your energy. So don't just focus on like the aesthetic goal, actually focus. And cause I'm, I'm saying this because you asked me for entrepreneurs yeah, so I'm go saying for it. that, you know, that they are the people who will suffer because they come last so it's like oh just grab a bag of crisps or grab this grab that that's going to make you feel like shit whereas if you can eat something a bit more nutritious and with more protein and with more nutrient dense properties then you will have more memory you'll have not more memory sorry you'll have better you know ability to retain information you will have better focus you'll have better mood and you'll just go longer. You'll just be more of a Duracell bunny. And, you know, on that note, always happy to answer questions. People ask me questions all the time. Like feel free to DM me and I will answer away. So you're saying that and I'm there scrabbling for my glass. I'm like, where's my water? (laughs) Where's my water? 50% more time. Come on. Because in all seriousness, though, I I said this in one of my talks and I I say it actually in every talk that I do now because I think it's so important for people to remember, you know, what would what would people pay for an assistant or a VA or a PA? People might pay like 15 to 20 grand a year for that. Right. They are going to save you maybe 50% of your time. I am telling you that you can save 50% of your time if you go to the tap. Which one do you want to do? I'm saving 20 grand and I'm going to drink. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But people don't freaking do it. So do it. People don't because they don't. This is the thing, isn't it? A lot of people don't put value on oh. things that don't cost them money. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So I'm an entrepreneur. Okay, I've got stinking cold right now. I let you, I must confess before I came on here, because um, I'm feeling a bit rough today. I've gone and had. I went to, went to a well-known supermarket, and I yes. bought myself. I've got to say the brand because I'm an '80s '90s kid. I bought myself a pot noodle. Oh I my just, god! I know. I just fancied. You know, you, you know, you just fancy something that's like you shouldn't have it, but it just tastes so good, and you feel rotten, and you curled up on the sofa. Literally, that's how I was. Everyone was saying to me this morning, Stephen, just contact Robin, cancel the podcast. I went, it's never going to happen. I said, I've been dying to get this woman on the microphone for weeks. We'd be like, doomed, doomed arrangement. I said, so I'm going to curl up on the sofa, and I'm going to self-medicate with a pot noodle and a mug of tea, and it's worked for me. (laughs) Okay, so you feel better? I feel better, but I know it's not right. I know I shouldn't, you know, when I was a kid up in the Northwest, it was like a staple student diet was a pot noodle or going to the chippy. (laughs) (laughs) So who are you working with now and what advice are you giving them to keep keep on on track? Well, I guess if you want to say like corporates, so, you know, groups, bigger groups, which I love to speak to because, there's more impact that you can have on people kind of on a one-to-many basis yeah so in terms of nutrition and health it's all about the basics 
So, you know, health is wealth, as the phrase goes, and you really can't have one without the other. So for some people who think, you know, it's okay to kind of just scrimp on all of the the good quality things that you need in your life. So the basics, you know, hydration, protein, good quality nutrients, sleep and training, start there. And, you know, I, honestly, January, like in me, it's irrelevant to me. It's, it's just irrelevant. And that's what I want you to think as well. It doesn't yeah. matter from a health perspective that it's January because don't you dare just sack it all off by February. And I'll tell you, I used to find it hilarious because when I worked for Aldi, we yeah. would be obviously doing Christmas from like August. Yeah. So, you know, Christmas, mince pies, all the chocolate, all the things at the freezer, all this stuff from literally like August. And then come January, we'd have maybe like two weeks of healthy shelves. And then the Easter eggs came in. And I'd be like, I'm what is going on? We're already already people have like fallen off their wagon so I just think you know you're only going to fall off something if it's too high up if your wagon if you want to call it that is one inch off the ground you're not going to fall off so don't make your wagon the most ridiculous goals ever and it's totally unrealistic that you kind of even know in the back of your mind I'm never going to stick to this but I'll just make a goal because that's what you do and Again, not to um, plug my own podcast too much, but the podcast far away. talking about with um, with Patrick was so good because, I, and I said this to him when we were off air, that a year ago I did a podcast with two, two amazing women in the health and fitness industry. One was a PT and one was a nutritionist. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how to make realistic goals. And then one year later, and I do this one with Patrick, and we weren't even talking about how to make goals. We were talking about kind of how to not make goals and how to reflect on 2019 and on the year that you've had and even on the decade. And I actually think that that is one of the big keys to staying on track if you reflect. So now actually every week I reflect with my business partner on how the week's been like, what are we going to do differently this week? What are we going to um, change? What went right? What went wrong? What did we enjoy? And then you've only had seven days. And even if it all went to shit, it's only gone to shit for seven days, not 12 months. So that would, again, so, you know, to summarize the advice, because I'm going on. No, is, you're fine. Okay. Um, is... Break, break it down to the basics and focus on the basics and then also reflect and make sure you congratulate your own achievements. I love that. It scares Before me a little bit. you set your goals for the next week or for the next month. I love it. It scares me ever so much and I'll share with you why. Mm. Um, so my, so I've got a few businesses and the, my business partner on Big Ed, um, she likes to do things like that. Um, yeah. I according to her run at 100 miles an hour most mm. days so when i and i, I like i, I ref, it's weird i reflect on things in my own time and space but i have to be always be doing something i struggle to slow down even though i meditate and this that and the other i i, I struggle with slowing down and that, i think that's why I'm, that's why i'm poorly right now my body is, mm. t- is forcing me to slow down um so to slow down and have a conversation and reflect on something, it's like a, a, half of my brain is saying, I could be doing this, I could be doing this, I could be doing this. Yeah. So how do numpties like me get around that? I think it's, again, educating yourself on the return. Okay. So we did, um, Joe, who I'm working with now, who does um, a lot of my corporate events, he did a really cool uh, a really cool talk for a private equity company. And we basically made the presentation around what is the return on your investment in terms of health. So, you know, a lot of the time people think, and especially in that kind of environment, you know, it's hardcore, corporate, busy, busy, busy. No one has time for anything and very can be very unhealthy lifestyles. So in terms of your investment, so let's say your investment is five minute morning routine I am telling you that that the return on that will be at least 10x so you will at least get 50 minutes back in your day than if you didn't do that five minutes so 
if you, you know, maybe you're a numbers person, maybe you're a black and white person a bit more than an airy fairy person. And if you can actually see, like with my hydration numbers, you know, be hydrated, save 50% of time equals what are you doing if you don't do it? Do you know what I mean? It's a no brainer. So yeah. find the way that makes it a no brainer for you. And if that is literally, it's a fact. So fact plus fact equals that it's a no brainer, then that's how you need to do it. So for you, Stephen, if I said to you, you know, staying in bed for one whole day and chilling and listening to a podcast or reading is going to make you better by tomorrow. I mean, I'm not saying that, by the way, because it's not. But let's just say I did. <laughs> Would you do it? Yeah, probably. But yeah, you I'm... wouldn't do it if I was just like, oh, but it'll probably be really nice for you. You'll really relax and you should just give yourself a break. You know, people like us don't want to hear shit like that. It's annoying. No. Yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm. I'm very. I. My, my lot tell me I'm binary. I said, right. Hang on. I said, hang on. I can do fluffy. I do fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, and a lot of life. A lot of it is black and white. And unfortunately, I take a lot of that back from when I was a policeman. I was a police officer for ten years. Mm. And and you know we didn't have a lot of time when I was in the police. And I was talking yeah. to him yesterday, and he was saying to me, you know, you know, since you've left, it's literally gone. It's it's the, the whole system has flipped i said what do you mean he said well when, when you were in the job it was 60 percent front line would be visible and it was 40 percent paperwork he goes now it's 40 percent we're front line and 60 percent paperwork and i'm like okay i get it and i and for me it's uh, if yeah it's just binary it's black and white it's either it's either a yes or a no i don't have a lot of gray areas in my life anymore mm. um and and I've actually found that really, really beneficial. But when there's when it comes to stuff like this, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. But if you say to me, Stephen, honestly, look, read this, read this bloody PDF, okay? Mm. You you spend a day in bed and you'll be better in 48 hours. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it. Mm. And I'll, I suppose I'll force myself to do it, but I'll find but something that, I can do while I'm sat there. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like if you're talking about fitness, let's say. So I was injured. Um, a couple of weeks ago and I'm actually so proud of myself for doing this because I've never done this before as in scaled back so Joe who I'm talking about who's one of the trainers at Barry's boot camp and is absolutely amazing and he always says do something that you've never done do something that you didn't do yesterday come on like push yourself and I always do every time but I could feel an injury coming on and I was like if I do another pb or another something that i didn't do yesterday that is going to turn into a full-blown injury and i'll have to have two weeks off so if i actually just calm it and don't try and push myself then this injury is going to go in like two days so i did and my thing that i had never done before was just don't go balls to the wall so for me that was like even an achievement in itself but that's the thing so like if you're injured and your physio says to you you can't run for two days and then you'll be better and none of us listen and we're like, oh, I'll be fine. And then you're not running for 10 days or two weeks. So it doesn't make sense. And it's the same for entrepreneurs. You know, if you burn out, whether it's mentally or physically, you need that time off. Otherwise, you're just going to prolong the recovery. And the more that you can understand how black and white that really is, it's not about pushing through. It's not about being a martyr. It's about understanding you're a fucking human being you're not a robot and do the thing that you're told to do by the expert and then you'll be fine in two days i get it and you know what i i am one of those people who yeah just let's try and let's try and work through this injury and it wasn't and all this i can feel something coming on oh it's only a twinge yeah. um and that's what happened to me in august i was doing well i was i was on mm. track for losing about a pound and a half two pounds a week um it, you know for me that's something that is 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 doable um i when i try and lose body fat i can lose on average between a pound to two pounds a week um so i thought okay i know in 12 weeks i can hit somewhere around 20 20 pounds of body fat that's epic for what i'm trying to achieve uh, mm. but I was like, oh what's this back oh, what's wh where's this come from and, and, and to be fair i've just turned now and I, I can still feel that niggle and i'm like mm. hang on this was like august now why have i still got yeah. it um, but I, but I, I, I got to the point where I was trying to train through it, and then literally I was like, I can't move. Mm. I cannot move. And yeah, I suppose because you're in business, a human being. Yeah, I, I know. And but when you, when you're in the gym, when you start to feel good, 
you, you I, well, I don't know about you, but me, I don't feel like a human being. It's like I, I can lift anything. Obviously, mm-hmm. I can't, and I'm working to my next, you know, my next um, gradient. But it's like, yeah, I can do this. I know I can do it. Um, so yeah, yeah, and the, there is a very fine line between don't be a pussy and you can push yourself <laughs> and also don't be an idiot because that's too much so yeah, yeah you have to find the line and I guess some people will find it by injuring themselves unfortunately and some people will never find it because they don't push themselves yeah so what is so you're doing uh, you're at, uh, is it Barry's boot camp yes and you're doing hell week I am okay so how sensible is that then tell me about hell week well, it's fine as long as you're not stupid with it. So Hell Week <laughs> is basically one class every day for seven days. Okay. So you have to do Monday to Sunday. Yeah. Um, and and the Barry's classes are basically 50% running, 50% weights on the floor. And yeah, it's freaking hardcore. It's, it's very hard. It's, it's running that scares me. Yeah, yeah. That scared me a lot at the start. I was not a runner and I actually before I went to Barry's had fractured both my legs my shins and I went to Barry's because I was told that the treadmills are a bit softer and this was obviously after my legs had healed and yeah it was amazing so that was why also um, I have a big love for Barry's because it's enabled me to get back into running where before I just couldn't because it was too painful for my shins and I actually did a 10k a few weeks ago as well with the Barry's crew and again was absolutely fine no pain on my shins so I'm very grateful for that as well so that's why Barry's has a special place in my heart (laughs) absolutely no I I get it you know I'd never heard of Barry's until I saw your Instagram oh right (laughs) they're just there are no they're just not local to me no there's Manchester London and then international but that's it in the UK I'm pretty sure cool so how is your you know you've got you've talked about your entrepreneurship we've talked about your your personal brand you went into fitness um you then come into the sort of the corporate um side again with property but you mentioned going back to dancing yeah what's the love of dancing and how do you and how do you fit that in um well how do i fit that in i mean i just do that's not a very good answer but yeah i just prioritize and I, yeah I prioritize and it is a priority for me now so I got asked if I wanted to try out with this guy called Sam hello Sam and <laughs> he he's great he's the right height for me which is rare because I'm tall I'm five foot ten so okay. and then with three inch dancing shoes I'm tall for a, yeah. for a <laughs> very tall for a girl so it's hard to get a guy um but yeah, it was it all just kind of worked out well in terms of the timing and everything. And yeah, we dance like four times a week. So wow. it's um yeah, I mean it is a bit mad that I fit it in, but I love it. Like I'm I am I am genuinely in love with dancing. And when I stopped dancing, it was like it broke my heart because the feeling that I get from dancing is insane and it's I just yeah, I can't really put it into words. I absolutely love it. And I'm, and I'm so happy to be back. And it's just, it's different being back because when I used to dance, I danced since I was six. So it was just kind of what I did. Yeah. And, but I never had, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It really has with dancing. And I feel like now every time I go, I'm just so grateful to be able to do it again and to be back whereas before I was never grateful because it's just it's just like breathing you know it just is what you do so I think that you know for anyone who has a passion and they get to do it lucky you and lucky me and I just I'm never gonna forget that I'm just gonna be grateful every time because physical activity can be stripped away from you in a second and I've got one of my best friends is um she won't mind me saying she's also been on my podcast. She has MS and she's the same age as me and she's an insane person. She's incredible. But unfortunately, she can't do a few different things because of her MS. And she has also given me like such a deeper appreciation for literally the ability of my legs, of my balance, of my, I can do anything with my body, which I'm never going to take for granted for as long as it is the case. I love it. I really do. 
and I'm very grateful you shared that story with us as well. So do you think you'll bring your your dancing into business or is that just going to be something for you? No, it's definitely just for me. I, yeah. I just I, I used to teach like when I was at uni, I was president of the dance society and I also taught, which to be honest, I only did it for the money. I didn't really enjoy it that much. Okay. I mean, it was a great job to have at uni. Um, I work, also worked at the Disney store for about two weeks fun fact <laughs> but it was way better than working at the Disney <laughs> store I basically in my third year um taught dancing and I used to fly to Tenerife every other week to be in a dancing show so obviously great job yeah. and um but I just selfishly love dancing I love having lessons I love getting better I love competing and I love putting on a show fantastic so how does that do you bring any of that persona through into your personal brand and into business well, I suppose you could say yes, because my podcast is essentially a show as well. Yeah. And it, every episode, there's a different guest and you're getting different things out of the guests. And it's almost like putting them in the spotlight. So here I am shining the spotlight on you. Um, let's let's put on a great show. Yeah. Um, but the actual dancing itself, you know, no. However, what dancing has taught me is... I don't even know who I would be if I didn't used to dance and from the age of six, you know, if, if I didn't start competing then. And from the perspective of a partnership, of a team, of winning, of losing, like horrendous losses, but amazing wins, that is really strong resilience. And definitely, you know, dancing taught me that. And also it kind of kept me on the straight and narrow as well, because okay. when I was about 16, 17, a lot of my friends got really into drugs yeah. and I just didn't have time. So I was like, I can't go out and stay out till six in the morning. Cause I need to get up at six in the morning to go to a dancing competition. Yeah. So I'm, I'm out of this one kind of thing. And I just like drifted away from those friends who, you know, whatever they're on their own path. But I just think for me, that was really amazing. Cool. So, we shared a lot of what you've achieved, but what is there anything that you that sits with you and you think, do you know what? I didn't do very well at that. And so basically, what is there something you failed at? Oh, yeah, like loads of things. Um, I mean, when I say loads of things, I feel like kind of failure occurs regularly. Maybe not like huge failures, mm -hmm. um, but definitely little failures that you learn from along the way and you kind of even strive after and I'm actually in the middle of a podcast at the moment uh called hurry up and fail by okay. it's Tim Ferriss and I can't the other guy's called Tim as well I can't remember what his second name is but it's he is his mantra that's hurry up and fail like whatever I'm doing I want to hurry up and fail because yeah. if you do that then the next thing is only going to be better so you know let's say every time I got on the call to a prospective client and they didn't want to sign up to coaching with me, you could say I'd failed, but then I didn't because I learned better for the next one. Okay. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm not as positive to be like, Oh, that was a fun failure. And I can't wait for the next one. Like, I'm not <laughs> like that. And I do, you know, I do really take anything that isn't a success. I do take it personally and I take it. It hits me hard because I'm, you know, I'm, I always strive to achieve but you know yeah every time I tried to get in with a company for corporate wellness and they said no fail every time I you know got injured I would see that as a failure and then I couldn't train all these different things um but in terms of like a massive failure you know not yet I wouldn't okay. say you know I've not like been bankrupt or you know anything like that cool so what are you curious about right now? Well, now I'm curious as to what's your failure. Ah, uh, well, do you know what? I, I suppose the first one that comes straight to my head is probably my marriage, in all okay. honesty. Um, you know, um, married, divorced, engaged again. Um, mm. And then I suppose my other failure is, I call it a failure, but I, I, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me is I left the police. I literally fell out of love with the police after 10 years. They fell out of love with me. Um, 
but it was the best thing I ever did. Best thing I, well, actually, no, second best thing I ever did, because the best thing I ever did was join the police, because I've taken mm-hmm. so many transferable skills from the police, not realising at the time, because when I came out of the police, after 10 years as a detective, it was, I, I was actually unemployable. I applied for 70 jobs and didn't get anything. And it wasn't until someone actually gave me a chance. And then another guy helped me. Well, he sat down with me and he rewrote my CV um because i was just writing it like everyone else he said but you've got you've got 10 years worth of transferable skills and even in now in social and digital i use those skills um from a completely unique place it's a bit of a liam nielsen job i have a unique set of skills mm-hmm. and i use those in the communication um in the, yeah, in the communication of people's uh, marketing messages and things like that because a lot of people they don't know how to talk mm. and yeah. you know, they just don't you know i you, you look you go on instagram right now and you can go through people's comments and someone will left a comment and they'll go thank you thank you i love that thank you no ask them a question because if you open if, if they've left a comment and you can reply with another question you're going to bring them back to answer that question and therefore increase your engagement on your platform or on yeah. your post and people just don't get it they just think they've got to thank everyone or just mm-hmm. ignore them so i think but I do. See, I still see it now, and I struggle with it sometimes. As I was there for ten years, I plan to be there for thirty years. But actually, yeah. in year two, I was looking forward to only having twenty years to go, so I could retire and start my life. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what got me out of the police in the end, because mm-hmm. I was. Uh, it was. But that's 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 for a that's for a very long podcast. That is. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, think, I would not say that was a failure. I'd say that was a smashing it moment. Yeah, I, I suppose now knowing now but back then when it happened it was like oh my god what am i going to do and then when you you know when you when your relationships uh, you know stops you split up and then there's you you know i only i had this i was like a disney princess i was i'm gonna get married once it's gonna be the rest of my life it's gonna be beautiful and it's like yeah i'm more like beast (laughs) (laughs) yeah but beast still has a great ending so don't you worry i'll take that one (laughs) but i think it's just it's the stereotypical things it's what people what i perceive people were going to judge me on then they are failings to a certain degree for me but Mm -hmm. i do take so much from them so so yeah they're, they're good parts in my life yeah and it's also okay to not see that at the time that they're happening Yes, I agree. You don't have to be thinking all positive, like I said before. And, you know, that's the thing some people have said to me, you know, whether it's like my family taking the piss or whether it's other people that don't necessarily know me, they're like, oh, you are actually really positive all the time. And I'm like, well, I am. But I'm also, I get pissed off and I get sad and I get angry. And you don't have to be you don't have to be happy all the time it's okay to be positive and see the bright side but it's Mm. also okay to be like you know for five minutes i am devastated yeah so what does 2020 hold for you robin oh i'm loving 2020 so far i can't even tell you it's a fabulous year and actually it's funny because i'm currently wearing a top that says the word word on it so i need to do a post with that because my <laughs> word of 2020 inspired by jack dyson who has now had a lot of airtime on this podcast is <laughs> <laughs> is transparency so yeah that is how i see 2020 and 2020 is the year for not giving a shit about what anyone's expectations are of me of my life my career my business whatever it's doing what I see is the right thing for me and my surroundings. That's 2020. I love it. I love it. And it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, I feel we could just, just I, literally, I, could, I could go to the tap and get some more water and then we could chat for another <laughs> hour. <laughs> don't, just don't put it in the pot noodle and have another pot noodle as long as it's... <laughs> oh, there's a thought. <laughs> as long as it's cold water to drink and not to have a pot noodle. No, it's been great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, I'm really honoured to have been asked. It's really nice to be asked. So thank you. And I've loved the chat as well. Cool. It's an absolute pleasure. One final thing before I go. Is there anything that I should have asked you? No. Okay, cool. Should have won a credit. No. <laughs> I asked the question. I always ask it at the end because people go, oh, I wonder if they're going to ask me about this. I wonder if they're going to ask me about this. And it's like, okay, yeah. is there anything I should have asked you? No, that no is good for me. Yeah, no. And do you know what? Speaking of should have, would have, could have, uh, one of my other friends used to say this to me all the time. He was like, 
if I said, like, oh, I should have done this or I should have done that or why didn't I do this? He'd be like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, didn't. Get over it. And I like that. <laughs> Love it. That'll, I'll, I'll take that clip and I'll put it, I'll use it as a social post. Okay. <laughs> Robin, where can everyone find you online if they're not going to come and stalk you in Manchester? Yeah, so obviously you can visit my home if you've got the address drop. And also <laughs> you can find me on at It's Robin Lee brilliant and that's on all of your social yeah Epic. yeah brilliant. yeah cool robin thank you ever so much i wish you all the best for 2020 i will continue to stalk your social media and see how you're getting on and uh, same good. same to you and cool. i hope i wish you health for absolute minimum 48 hours time i wish that you are healthy and sprightly again brilliant thank you ever so much it's been amazing thank you no problems thank you all right bye. take care bye it's amazing when I find myself listening back to my podcast and I'm laughing along with the chat. It was epic to listen to Robin. And if you got the thread through the entire podcast, it was simply down to mindset. And my advice to you right now is get back into that podcast, listen to it again, take all of the takeaways from Robin, get them in a list, and keep yourself motivated with your mind, and don't forget to be hydrated. So my friends, remember to take a screenshot of this episode and tag me in your Instagram stories and your tweets at Mr. Steve Thompson. And don't forget to use the hashtag Team Steve. Also, let me know where you're tuning in from. We want to know how far across this planet we are impacting a billion lives. And let me know how this episode has had an impact on you. If you haven't already, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave me a rating and review on iTunes because it really does help us to reach more people so we can help them build their heart brand and build the business of them. Enjoy the rest of your week. It is full of opportunities. Remember, be authentic, have an impact and continue to grow. Take care, my friends. I'll see you on the next episode.